Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to podcast number seven, A New Voice of Freedom. These podcasts all come from a series of four books I have written entitled In Defense of Christianity. The ebook, paperback, and audible can be accessed at ronaldmesser.com or on Amazon. Today's podcast is entitled Tyranny of Political Correctness. We are inexorably entering into the nightmare world of Orwell. The following is taken from George Orwell's dystopian novel, 1984. Winston, the narrator, and Ampleforth have been imprisoned by Big Brother. Winston worked at the Ministry of Truth. His job was to rewrite history. In one daily task, he faced the following. Times, 17-3-84, BB speech, malreported Africa rectify. Times, 19-12-83, forecast, 3YP, fourth quarter, 83 misprints, verify current issue. Times, 14-2-84, many plenty, malquoted chocolate rectify. BB stands for Big Brother. YP stands for Year Supply. In translation, Winston's job was to change the original speech which contained Big Brother's false predictions to meet the actual reality. Winston called up the original speech from the Times and substituted current numbers, making it appear as if Big Brother had predicted it right the first time. The prediction was always more optimistic than the reality. The novel 1984 was actually written in 1948 as the world watched the rise of communism. Orwell was projecting what the world would be like 36 years in the future under communism. Compare the Ministry of Truth in Orwell's dystopian novel with the Ministry of Truth during the Obama administration. From a hearing conducted by Republican Senator Ted Cruz, we get the following. Quote, in another example of the administrator's ability to make keywords disappear, a 2013 Judicial Watch report revealed that the FBI scrubbed its law enforcement training material of any language that might be deemed offensive to Muslims. Per those guidelines, hundreds of references to Muslim, Islam, or Jihad were removed from the 2014 9-11 Commission report. The witnesses provided more evidence to corroborate these findings. Mr. Philip Haney, a retired Customs and Border Protection Officer for the Department of Homeland Security, revealed that the CIA has scrubbed more than 800 law enforcement records that were almost all connected to the Muslim Brotherhood. The first great purge, he said, was in 2009. Yet in 2012, they didn't just modify the records, they eliminated them out of the system, which he noted bypasses security protocol in Homeland Security. Why does it matter? Because of San Bernardino. If the department hadn't edited its records, perhaps they could have caught the San Bernardino terrorist who killed 14 people at a Department of Public Health training event, Haney insinuated. End of quote. Speaking of the White House's decision to redact the Orlando 9-11 transcript so there was no mention of ISIS, Senator Cruz quipped that it would make George Orwell proud. In 1984, Orwell, ever on the mark, describes the action succinctly. Quote, but actually, he thought, as he readjusted the Ministry of Plenty's figures, it was not even forgery. It was merely the substitution of one piece of nonsense for another. Most of the material that you were dealing with had no connection with anything in the real world, not even the kind of connection that is contained in a direct lie, unquote. 
Anyone who's observant can see the ministry of truth is very much alive under the social democrats of Washington. Change in history is necessary to the New World Order. At an exorbitant cost to the taxpayer, Obama ordered the rewriting of history in the same way that the role of the Ministry of Truth in Orwell's 1984 was ordered to rewrite history. One must ask why. The truth is Machiavellian. To change to a new world order, history must first be changed. You cannot destroy the present unless you first destroy the past. The reason is simple. New generations will see the truth, which will cause future rebellion and discontent. As in Kafka's hallucinatory world, Ampleforth, a rather simple man, doesn't even know why he was sent to prison. A slave to Big Brother, he accepts his guilt without question. He merely wants to understand his crime, to accept his penance. As I read the following excerpt from Orwell's novel, consider our own plight as political correctness dominates our language. Ampleforth is condemned to die simply because he used the word God. Keep in mind how Christian symbols and references to God are being removed from our government. Ampleforth's job was to rewrite the poetry of Kipling using politically correct language. However, there weren't enough words in the English language. Ampleforth couldn't find a substitute for the word God to rhyme with rod. I quote from 1984. Ah, Smith, said he, you too? What are you in for? To tell you the truth, he sat down awkwardly on the bench opposite Winston. There's only one offense, is there not, he said. And have you committed it? Apparently I have. He put a hand to his forehead and pressed his temples for a moment, as though trying to remember something. These things happen, he began vaguely. I have been able to recall one instance, a possible instance. It was an indiscretion, undoubtedly. We were producing a definitive edition of the poems of Kipling. I allowed the word God to remain at the end of a line. I could not help it. He added, almost indignantly, raising his face to look at Winston. It was impossible to change the line. The rhyme was Rod. Do you realize that there are only twelve rhymes to rod in the entire language? For days I had racked my brains. There was no other rhyme. The expression on his face changed. The annoyance passed out of it, and for a moment he looked almost pleased. A sort of intellectual warmth, the joy of the pedant who has found out some useless fact, shone through the dirt and scrubby hair. Has it ever occurred to you, he said, that the whole history of English poetry has been determined by the fact that the English language lacks rhymes? No, that particular thought had never occurred to Winston, nor in the circumstances did it strike him as very important or interesting. Do you know what time it is, he said. Ampleforth looked startled again. I had hardly thought about it. They arrested me. It could be two days ago, perhaps three. His eyes flitted around the walls as though he half expected to find a window somewhere. There's no difference between night and day in this place. I do not see how one can calculate the time. Orwell anticipated political correctness by 70 years. He precisely understood why political correctness was necessary. In the following Winston, the narrator in 1984 is talking to Sim, whose job is to rewrite the dictionary. Quote, How is the dictionary getting on, said Winston. The 11th edition is the definitive edition, he said. We're getting the language into its final shape. The shape it's going to have when nobody speaks anything else. When we're finished with it, people like you will have to learn it all over again. You think, I dare say, that our chief job is inventing new words, but not a bit of it. We're destroying words, scores of them, hundreds of them, every day. We're cutting the language down to the bone. The 11th edition won't contain a single word that will become obsolete before the year 2050. It's a beautiful thing, the destruction of words. Of course, the great wastage is in the verbs and adjectives, 
but there are hundreds of nouns that can be got rid of as well. It isn't only the synonyms, there are also the anonyms. After all, what justification is there for a word which is simply the opposite of some other word? A word contains its opposite in itself. Take good, for instance. If you have a word like good, what need is there for a word like bad? Ungood will do just as well. Better because it's an exact opposite, which the other is not. Or again, if you want a stronger version of good, what sense is there in having a whole string of vague useless words like excellent and splendid and all the rest of them? Plus good covers the meaning, or double plus good if you want something stronger still. In the end, the whole notion of goodness and badness will be covered by only six words. In reality, only one word. You haven't a real appreciation of newspeak, Winston, he said almost sadly. Even when you write it, you're still thinking in old speak. In your heart, you'd prefer to stick to old speak with all its vagueness and its useless shades of meaning. You don't grasp the beauty of the destruction of words. Do you know that newspeak is the only language in the world whose vocabulary gets smaller every year? Don't you see that the whole aim of newspeak is to narrow the range of thought? In the end, we shall make thought crime literally impossible because there will be no words in which to express it. Every concept that can ever be needed will be expressed by exactly one word, with its meaning rigidly defined and all its subsidiary meanings rubbed out and forgotten. Already in the 11th edition, we're not far from that point, but the process will still be continuing long after you and I are dead. Every year, fewer and fewer words, and the range of consciousness always a little smaller. Even now, of course, there's no reason or excuse for committing thought crime. It's merely a question of self-discipline, reality control. But in the end, there won't be any need for that. The revolution will be complete when the language is perfect. Newspeak is Ingsoc and Ingsoc is Newspeak, he added with a sort of mystical satisfaction. Has it ever occurred to you, Winston, that by the year 2050, at the very latest, not a single human being will be alive who could understand such a conversation as we are having now? By 2050 earlier, probably, all real knowledge of old speak will have disappeared. The whole literature of the past will have been destroyed. Chaucer, Shakespeare, Milton, Byron, they'll exist only in new speak versions, not merely changed into something different but actually changed into something contradictory of what they used to be. Even the literature of the party will change. Even the slogans will change. How could you have a slogan like freedom is slavery when the concept of freedom has been abolished? The whole climate of thought will be different. In fact, there will be no thought, as we understand it now. Orthodoxy means not thinking, not needing to think. Orthodoxy is unconsciousness, unquote. In the same way that Sim is rewriting the dictionary, people today are changing our language, even mandating that some phrases be erased and substitutions made. We're all familiar with the following common euphemisms used today to hide the ugly truth. Unborn baby is changed to fetus, or uterine contents. Fetus is changed to medical tissue. Illegal alien is changed to illegal immigrant. Illegal immigrant is changed to undocumented immigrant or undocumented worker. Torture is changed to enhanced interrogation techniques. Abortion, a heated topic, perhaps has the most euphemisms. The murder of a live baby is changed to intact partial birth abortion. Intact partial birth abortion is changed to dilation and extraction. Dilation and extraction is changed to terminating pregnancy, reproductive health, or compassionate health care. Abortion clinics are changed to medical or health clinics that perform abortions. Euthanasia is another corrupted topic. Assisted suicide becomes death with dignity. 
aid in dying, end-of-life choice, physician-assisted dying, or medical aid in dying. In wartime, death to civilians becomes collateral damage. Prison becomes correctional facility. Gun control becomes gun safety. Tax increases become revenue enhancements. Political correctness is nothing more than taking social practices and turning them into political necessities. Political correctness is becoming a state religion. It is a matter of changing one set of values for another set of values. Politicians use the language of political correctness to further their agenda and impose their ideology on others, trampling on the rights of citizens to enjoy their basic freedoms as stated in the Bill of Rights. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.